So we are now in this uh, Romans chapter 8, this wonderful chapter on life in the Spirit and freedom from the power of death. It is a beautiful chapter. It enables us to lift our faith to our Heavenly Father into His throne room, um, into His home, knowing that we have a safe haven right there. It's a beautiful passage, and uh, I'm excited in exploring it with you. Thank you for joining me today. Colin Cook here, and How It Happens, a broadcast on the good news of the gospel, and how that good news trains our faith, and how by that trained faith we can come into God's presence with all our troubles, all our anxieties, worries, depressions, uh, uh, struggles with our human nature, addictions, and what have you. So listen in, if you can, every day. You can listen any time of the day or night on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, or Google Podcast, and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. Or you can listen on the radio, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning, on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. So we learned last time uh, that the law does not reach its goal, that is, to give us righteousness, but rather it leads us into the opposite direction, which is the law reaches its goal in another sense by pointing us to Jesus Christ. What the law intended but could not bring about is now brought about but without the cooperation of the law. It's precisely when the law leaves the stage that righteousness is fulfilled. Isn't that amazing? It's, do you see what that means for your personal life? It is precisely when you give up trying to be obedient by all the rules and regulations or the moral laws in your life and you start trusting in Christ as your righteousness, that then the law's righteousness, the righteousness of the law rather, is fulfilled, which is Christ. And so I quote again from Anders Nygren, it is precisely when the law leaves the stage that righteousness is fulfilled. But it is not righteousness by the law, but true righteousness the righteousness of God, which is the faithfulness of Jesus Christ upon all and to all who believe. Well, that's just wonderful when you ponder it and you think it through, and uh, you need to uh, um, explore, if you want, Romans 8, and that is uh, from verses 1 through 4 that we've been talking about. So then Paul says, For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now, what is it to live according to the Spirit? I've heard a number of sermons on this over the decades of my life, and I didn't find them all that revealing and helpful, because what they failed to do is define this clause, or let's see, um, uh, this phrase by Paul himself, who was the one that expressed it. So what is it to live according to the Spirit? Well, before I explain that, 
You know how it is and how we have often, in our anxiety to be righteous before God, tried to bring it about. We go on fasts, we go on vigils, we go to retreats, we increase uh, the attendance at church maybe, we determine to read our Bible more, to pray more, uh, to be more faithful to God, to become sanctified, and all of these things, and they just, they're very good in them, uh, when, when properly expressed in the Spirit, but they don't always bring us to where we want to be, and in fact, very many times, they make things worse. Well, look, do we have an understanding of what Paul means by these words, living according to the Spirit? Well, let me say the obvious. He's just explained it, duh, in chapters 5, 6, 7, and now in chapter 8. He's describing life in the kingdom of grace. That life in the kingdom of grace in chapter 5 is described as reconciliation to the heart of God because God took his judgment upon himself, and so there is no wrath, no more wrath against the Christian. And so living in the Spirit is enjoying our daily life by faith in God, knowing that there is no judgment against us, knowing that we are not separated and, uh, separated anymore from God, knowing that we are reconciled to him. That's all about, that's all that chapter 5 is about, do you see? You remember the first line of chapter 5, Therefore, having been justified, that is, declared innocent, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, no matter how many troubles are in a single day, and how many frustrations and disappointments and, and irritations, by faith, we affirm with our Father that these do not indicate that we've been abandoned or separated or removed from his house, but that rather we are experiencing all these things in the kingdom of grace. That's life in the Spirit, do you see? And life in the Spirit is freedom from sin in chapter 6, from its identity, so that we're no longer counted as sinners, from its condemnation, with all the failures and defeats we've had, and from its judgment, death, and loss of eternal life. That power of sin has been removed by the atoning work of Christ. And so when we go through our temptations or failures, and when we go into um, addictive drives and obsessions that we don't seem to be able to get out of for a few hours or a few days, we can lift up our heart in the midst of all that and let ourselves tell God, Father, I thank you that I am not abandoned. I praise you that you are still here with me, for I am not reckoned as a sinner, and this human nature in which I live is not, recognized, is not reckoned as mine anymore, for I am reckoned as living in the human nature of Jesus Christ. That is life in the Spirit, do you see? Life in the Spirit, then, is freedom from the wrath of God, recognizing that we are reconciled to his heart, that's chapter 5, no longer identified as sinners, 
That's chapter 6, and freedom from the law, dead to the law that we spend a long time studying. Now remember, the law brings your consciousness to sharp focus, and you feel right or wrong, and you feel um, the condemnation of the law at the slightest infringement, whether it's a thought or an action, whether it's a loss of focus on God, uh, or um, focusing so much that you uh, get a false idea of God, that he's endlessly looking at you and peering at you and saying you're not doing this or that right. And so this endless guilt, shame, and fear pattern that frequents our mind just about every hour and every day, that is finished. We are dead to the law. We thank God that we have the righteousness of Christ, that Christ lived a righteous life on behalf of us. That, you see, brings us to the place where we can say, Father, I thank you that there is no more condemnation and that I'm accepted into your family as if I were a righteous person, not only as if I'd never sinned, but as if I'd al I had always been righteous. That is life in the Spirit, walking according to the Spirit. And then, you see, we come to this passage, this chapter, freedom from the power of death. And again, I've, as I've said before, it's not only this idea of death at the end of our lives. Yes, that's what we're freed from its power, for we shall rise again at the second coming of Christ. But all the many deaths we go through, all our goals of a single day, brought to nothing, frustrated, we drive home and, and just say, oh, what a day that was. And it's as if our spirit is dying by the minute with all the frustrations and the fears and the worries and the anxieties of a single day. And we lift up our hearts and we say, Father, I thank you that all these frustrations today were not under the power of death. They are not my many little deaths. They are not the little deaths that slowly destroy and crush my spirit. On the other, uh, on the contrary, dear Lord God, I thank you that these little mini-deaths are instruments of life which actually draw me closer to you because when I, when I go through them, I call up to you. And I say, thank you, Father, that you are with me. Thank you that there is no condemnation. Thank you that this does not indicate that I am separated from you. Thank you that I experience all of these troubles in your kingdom. And therefore... We rejoice in our tribulations. You remember chapter 5 again? Verse uh, 4, verse 3 and 4. And not only that, we also glory, which means congratulate ourselves, in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces per perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And so you see, we're learning to praise that the powers of death have no longer any force upon us to harm us or separate us from the Father. That is life in the Spirit. So, you see, life in the Spirit is not um, some vague thing. It is already described for us here in these chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8 of Romans. And so, 
you can make sense of it, can't you now? For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. If you live in the flesh, then you think that anything goes that anything that goes wrong is a judgment from God. His wrath is angry with you. Chapter five, or it's because you're a sinner and uh, you're not good enough for the kingdom, or it's because God is condemning you by his law because you haven't measured up to it, or these things will create your spiritual death and you'll finally walk out on God. All of those things are part of the flesh, you see. Now, granted, when they first happen to us, the instant they hit strike us, we're frustrated. We may get angry or irritated or depressed even, And then we bounce back. We bounce back by faith and say, Okay, Lord, that's my first reaction, but that's not the true me. My second reaction is the true me. And what is that second reaction? The reaction of faith to all the troubles in the world. Don't be bowled over by the fact that you have a first reaction of the flesh. Oh, what the heck? I give up. Oh, I'm fed up with this. Oh, what's now? Now what? All of these reactions and curse words and what have you, those are the first reactions. But that's the flesh. And then we bounce back by faith and say, that's not the true me, dear Lord. I thank you that the true me is the person who is in Christ. And I praise you that these things that are coming against me are not against me, but actually for me. For they train my faith They cause me to lift up my heart, and they cause me to, listen, live in the Spirit. I would so appreciate your help if you would like to keep the help keep the program on the air. It costs thirty nine dollars per fifteen minutes, and about eight that's about eight hundred and fifty to nine hundred dollars per month. It's listener-supported radio. It's 24 years now this broadcast has been going, all because listeners support it. Thank you so very much. If you'd like to make a donation, then please send it to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. Thanks so much then for all your support. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.